It may surprise you that I never got into wrestling. So many fellows my age or a little younger were really taken by it. But if I wanted to watch two grown men in swimsuits pretend fight, I'd just go over to our neighbor's backyard and watch Robbie Hergog fill the above-ground pool while his brother Tandy tells him he's doing it wrong. Typically, though, I don't seek out conflict, I seek out togetherness, which is why I've booked a long weekend trip to the romantic city of Pittsburgh for me and my wife, Galinda. There happens to be a Steel Town Wellness meetup happening while we're there, so I booked a lot of great sessions just to get us back in our bodies and communicating again. Leafing through the brochures, and I can't decide what I'm looking forward to most. Smelting our own tantric headbands, attending the Blast Furnace Buffet where everything's heated by molten ore, or naked moonrise swims in the Monongahela. It's a chance to reconnect while also contributing to the rehabilitation of one of America's great industrial centers. I can't wait. I've packed all of our salt lamps and only the most essential essential oils, and I will report back on how things went. Till then, how about we open up the door that leads to the portal that will take us to the deep night. Oh, friends, hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm so pleased to be your guide and host through this next hour of regrets and revelations that we call The Deep Night. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus, and oh, it's a crystal clear scene down on the Gowani, its semi-gelatinous form reflecting the moon like a bowl of congealed gravy under a street lamp. You know, I love luxurious things, which is part of why I get into trouble. <laughs> Dollars-wise, when I see something I like, I buy it. And because I grew up, you know, scrounging around flea markets and yard sales, I think, this is the only one. I better buy it before anyone else can, because I'll never find it again. Well, tonight on the program, we get into bad spending habits and good ones, and how self-care, self-worth, and finances can all get tangled up as we uh, go through life. But we also talk about love and comedy and a great many other wonderful things with my guest, comedian Amina Imani. I so enjoyed our time together. This is a person who's doing great things and operating from a grounded, practical, and very generous place. You can listen to her podcast, Wine Before Nine, or catch her hosting the weekly comedy show at the Knitting Factory on Sundays. But now, why not listen to my conversation with the fantastic and inspiring Amina Imani? Amina Imani, hello. Hi, what's going on? How are you? Welcome to the Deep Night. I'm so pleased to meet you. Oh, so nice to meet you as well. This is now. Do you have any headaches with the snowstorm yesterday? My goodness. Ah, uh, I, I wish I did, but I love the snow, and it was not difficult to travel and navigate at all. They actually oh. just pumped it up to be something that it wasn't. Uh, once again, just mostly slush. Exactly. And that's all we're dealing with. Yep. Um, on one hand, it's very troubling to me that there's right. not more snow. Right. I love the snow. I'm very worried. I'm Are like, you it's March. We haven't had a good snow, like not one good snowstorm. Not one. Not one. Not like one. Like a good snowstorm to go outside, play in the snow. Yeah. Stop everything. Go home. Right. Nothing. It's right. like you gotta we carve just, your way out of the house. It's been nothing. nothing. <laughs> You worried about climate change? I am. I'm like, yeah. we're all going to die. 
<laughs> that's yeah. my philosophy. <laughs> that's what it is. We're all, <laughs> I don't know, like birds have chicken legs and I don't know, like things, it's going to be a lot of deformities and, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of dolphins are going to be flying. Like it's just going to be a weird, chaotic <laughs> moment. And we're all going to be like, we knew it was coming, but we're still <laughs> right. going to be afraid. <laughs> right. Do you do anything, though, to try to to try to try make you feel better about it? Do you recycle? Uh, yes. So, yeah, I, I'm transitioning into cleaning with a green product. Yes. I use all natural products, like, on my skin and my body. Yep. Um, I do recycle. And people do not recycle even when they should. I no. recycle all the time. I encourage people even in other states to recycle. And I'm I'm looking into doing compost. Oh yes. Yeah, that's yes. the thing. We did that for a little bit, but right. it's, my goodness. It's tough. It it's smells tough. I know. Summertime it gets real I, tough. I see that and I'm like, <laughs> but I I'm trying to be more conscious yeah. and dedicated to my part. And you know the little bags you put in the thing that they give you get oh. real soggy. Oh. They don't hold up and that's a problem I unto know. itself. It kind of sweats a little bit. It's not I, a pleasant thing. It looks like a lot of work for I don't even know if it's worth it cuz you just see people disrespectful all the time so you like, does this really help? I know. I know. <laughs> and the waters are still rising, regardless of how soggy our bags are. My wife, when it comes to recycling, mm-hmm. uh, she's a little overzealous. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she'll put anything in the recycling uh, bin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I keep trying to tell her, no, paper towels like, don't go in there. Right, the applesauce wrapper. That's that, aluminum. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> You can't just wad up a little bit of foil and put in there. It's, it, there's rules about yeah, what I know you can people do. Like that. Uh, not all plastics. They're too thin for the machines. I saw the thing. I yeah, saw a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> do you let little things like that affect you in a relationship? Um, it wouldn't be a deal breaker, but I could see how that would be annoying. Like if we're in therapy, it might come up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes I have to go to the other room. Yeah, I yeah. I don't even go. want to see it, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to do that. Have you done that? Have you done couples therapy? No. Oh, I've it's watched wonderful. it on TV though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see how <laughs> yeah. I see how real petty it gets. <laughs> What's the pettiest thing? It's been enjoyable in a relationship. Well, even just when I'm talking to my friends, uh, you know, like one time one of my friends was upset that her spouse like had orange juice that was like just for morning, like you couldn't. Like, it would be a thing if you drank the orange juice in the afternoon oh. or the evening. And so I was just like, that that sounds super annoying. But, like, what part of your life did you have to feel like you had to label this morning juice in your relationship, right? Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's it's enjoyable. But I can see, like, you know, even just being, I'm single. I'm not in a relationship. Um, and so I like things a certain way. And so even when like yeah. family members or friends come to stay over, I'm like, I'm going to be a problem because mm-hmm. I am like extremely specific about everything. So like, just imagine being with someone and they have to deal with that. Like that sounds frustrating. It does. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> I can't imagine what that's like. <laughs> I'm a real coaster per- person myself. Okay, you go with the flow. I like the coaster. No, no, oh, no, like not a, coaster. Oh, right, no, I don't go with oh, I'm thinking, okay, that's what I mean. It's two meanings. <laughs> the opposite. Okay. <laughs> yes. But like uh, under your cup coaster. Let me tell you this. If I spent $900 <laughs> right. on something at West Elm, exactly. we're going to put a coaster down. That makes 100, 100% sense. 100% yes. sense. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're similarly frugal, mm-hmm, right? Very. Would you say that? Yes. That's true. And you like to offer money-saving tips and things, Yes, right? I do. Yes, yeah. that's my thing. What's the root of that, do you think? Um, well, I think it comes from 
like growing up and yeah. not having a lot of money. Yes. Right. Yeah. So um, I, yeah. I, I saw common themes in my family where we don't discuss money. You know, we spend above our means. Um, and the things that would be important for like going to college or saving for a car, those kind of things. Those are those are things that those are habits that have to be taught. Right. Yes. So even now with my son, it's like I have to teach him about money. Yeah. So the root of where I am with it's kind of like you you see a problem and now this is the solution so me being frugal is just a solution of like being conscious of the money i have you know being conscious of the money that i plan to have yep. and passing it down for generations for my family to come out of poverty and 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 build uh basic habits to retain it yeah so it's crucially important. It is. It's so and, important. I mean, I grew up with not a lot of money either mm -hmm. and uh, with a father that could fix things. Right. You know? Okay. So that's why I'm on the coaster thing. Mm. You buy something once. Right. And then you keep it. And, <laughs> and then you maintain it. it. Yes, exactly. And if you get the rings, then you got the special oil to rub exactly. on Exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You keep things nice mm -hmm. and then they last the whole time. Right. Which is increasingly hard because things are made very cheaply and you try to buy stuff at Ikea or other places right, right, right. And, and falls apart. But uh, those are crucial things. Do you think that that was the issue in your family? I know for me, mm -hmm. it was never really said until much later, but the tension around money was the thing. Right. That was the thing that almost drove them apart, uh, you know, growing up. And I could just internalize that, even not ever talking about it directly. Exactly. Well, yeah. So I noticed that, uh, well, first of all, when I was young, we hopped around a lot right yeah. so this is in atlanta this, this is, is in atlanta I've, i we've had several addresses in yeah. atlanta <laughs> at one point like i even lived with my aunt because you know my mom became a single mom like when they were together it wasn't great but then when she was alone it wasn't even better so yeah. <laughs> like the financial worries you Get know increased yeah. yeah and so um what did she do uh my mother and that's something that's in me now, too. She has several jobs. So yeah. she was like a caterer. She was a Spanish teacher. Um, she had like her own health business because uh, she went to school for like public health. Mm. And so eventually she was like, you know, doing herbs and, you know, a healthy lifestyle. So she would be a consultation for people who wanted to like heal themselves in a nutritional, like natural way. Yes. Um, instead of medicine. So that was kind of her forte. But it wasn't just one thing. So. Yeah. And you talk to me now, and it's not just one thing, right? <laughs> it's never going to be one answer for that question. Right. But um, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, just the stresses of not growing up with something stable and especially financial not being, you yeah. know, the, the form of stability. I just notice the spending habits and the things and the, even the, the habits that I had in myself. And I was just like, well, if I'm continue this way, I'm going to go down either the same path or it's just not going to be, you know, realistic, especially living in New York where it's like extremely tough. Right. Yes. So I just realized like most of my decisions have to be formed around, you know, me knowing that I don't want to be a struggling artist. I want to have somewhere to live. You know, yes. I want to live on my own. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to go out and spend money. And those are things that you have to be conscious about. So. Yeah. That's and, just, and provide for your son. And provide for my son right, which at is, most. Uh, right. Yeah. And so now <laughs> not I'm... nothing. Yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. But um, And I also want him to teach. I want to teach him about money, you know, and we... I talk to him about finances. He's four. Yeah. Um, you know, I even... Because yeah. I want to be transparent about, you know, the 
the importance of how you handle it. Yes. You know, so I don't want it to have to be like a poor mentality of do whatever it takes to get it. But as far as like just be responsible with it and have a healthy relationship with money. So important. Mm -hmm. It it's, is. I wish somebody had taught me that. And that's exactly what I wish. Instead of just being cagey about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Or like, not, or you know, keeping secrets or making oh, yeah. making it seem like it doesn't matter. Yep. Or, you know, putting an emphasis on things that you really don't need to have. Yeah. But that came first before, you know, things like, you know, like I have a college fund for my son. You know, I'm opening up a 529 savings plan yes. for my son. Like I want him to be able to know that these are healthy decisions that you make you know, to ensure a good future. Yeah, yeah. I can clearly remember uh, my mother's uh, relationship to money was probably the most fraught. <laughs> but we would go to the, I spent a lot of time in the layaway department. Oh my goodness, isn't that the worst? <laughs> what is that? I don't even understand why I'm still alive. Like those <laughs> programs are still alive. Like people be like, put it, I forget, some girl po posted like, if you can't afford a new wardrobe, you know, use this program to where you can like pay increments of money. I'm like, yeah. just don't get the wardrobe. <laughs> That's right. Wear sweatpants That's right. I mean, and we, old shoes. <laughs> we'd be at the Kmart layaway department. You know, how much can that be? Right. $12 sweater or something. And going back and paying $4 here, $4 there, whenever you got the money together yeah. to do it. And then you'd have the special credit card with the store and have to go to the place. Credit and... cards, the root oh, of all evil. The root of all evil. It's just, and, I, and you know, now I do use credit cards, right? But yeah. I have a, I even talk about that with my Frugal Fridays. It's yeah. a, like I said, a healthy relationship. I think when you're buying and you have to pay back in a sense to where you don't have it, then that's unhealthy because you're living above you, your means. Yes. And so, you know, I have benefits with my credit cards where it's like, okay, you get a, 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 a companion flight every year or you get a dollar rewards per every dollar you spend. Like, I think for me, I'm, those are the benefits that I want mm -hmm. and I have the money, but I'm going to use this money, but I'm going to pay it with the money that I actually have. And so now I'm still reaping the benefits, but I'm not getting in a hole. And I think that's just, that's what some people need to be conscious about. But Amina living above our means is so much fun. Oh my God. Isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Doesn't, Doesn't it feel, feel great? <laughs> Up until that bill comes, That's right. and you see that you only pay forty dollars towards that balance, and they charging you sixty dollars a month to keep that balance. Yes, and no. you start adding up, and you like, I'm never going to yeah. get anywhere with this. And yes, that's true. I I was uh, at one point uh, mm -hmm. maybe about sixty thousand in debt, Whew. and uh, for about two months. Debt free. Oh, it's crept up a little bit because okay. you know trips and you know a couple well, of pairs of pants and learned. things like that. <laughs> that's what I learned after becoming debt free. That wasn't the only thing that was important. It had yeah. to. I had to learn how to live yes. debt free. Yes, like you could pay off your debt, but then if you're still having the habits of like I'm gonna get this and I'm gonna get that and I'm gonna, yeah, you're still gonna go back into that hole. So to me, like this past year and a half, it's been a struggle to live debt free. Yes. Like every other month, I find myself being like, "Girl, what you doing?" And then I gotta will it back. But is that's a, that's something I have to learn too. Yep, that's a whole nother beast. I mean, I'm no different than the layaway. I Listen, guess. Listen, I could talk finance all day. I, this <laughs> well, is like, I, I, and you said frugal Fridays, yes. like a video series. So you put frugal out Fridays there. is a hashtag about. that I use. Um, I've been a little lackluster for the for a little <laughs> bit, but I I want to come back soon. <laughs> I realize like content that you create, people don't give people credit. But the online content that people create is a huge product. It's like a chore, you know? Yes. And so for me, it's like I started like 
scrambling for time to get this up. And I was like, I have a newfound respect for anybody who could like create content and keep it consistent online because that's a, a huge project. That's like a business, right? It but is. you're not really getting paid. You don't know where the money gonna come from until it come. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, for some of these kids are doing okay with exactly. the videos. They're just opening a box or pouring slime into oh a trough. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's a. <laughs> I was watching a video where uh, Roy Wood Jr. was doing yes. like a a little clip for the Daily Show on uh, how the kids were like in politics, like 12 year olds, right? <laughs> and they have like 4 million views about how we need communism and their independent values. And I was just like, could you imagine what I, <laughs> I need? Let me, let me try to think of something outrageous. But no, Frugal Fridays is just tips that, you know, I've discovered that have helped me, yep. you know, save a bit of a coin here and there and things that I'm conscious about mm -hmm. that keeps me aligned too. But it keeps me in check. You gotta do stuff like that for yourself. You have to, that's mm -hmm. right. And if you can uh, find some benefit to yourself by doing it as well, that's that's helpful all around. But uh, and, and you, of course, it's never easy doing comedy. Oh, <laughs> is it? <laughs> but you also have a you also work with hair. Is that true? Yes. Still so I do that? hair. Okay. That's like a side hustle. Now I don't um, know anything about hair. Not, okay. Not having much of it. As you should. But what's what's <laughs> what's involved? Um. Well, usually. Um, the styles that I do are considered protective styles. So protective, protective. styles. Okay. So uh, you know, as a black woman, we have natural hair, um, and it's just a different, uh, a different way that we have to, you know, um, handle our hair. Right. And so usually, like when you wake up and you have to deal with your hair every day, it becomes a bit of like a strain. It becomes like a project. And so um, protective styles are styles that you're able to put your hair in. And it kind of, you don't have to deal with your hair every day. So Keeps you it. add hair, right. Okay. But it protects it from, you know, the struggles and the strains that you will usually put on it every day. So that's why they call it protective style. So I do braids, twists, cornrows, ponytails, crochets. Um, and that's how I keep my hair as well. And other people come and they get their hair done as well. And that's like a little side hustle. Could I do something with my bald spot? Um, we'll could see you, that that becomes that? more medical. <laughs> <laughs> Or cosmetic. Enough said. Uh, and that's out of my... Uh, <laughs> Beyond the scope. Do you have your own place there? Um, no. So I just have like a salon chair in okay. my apartment. That's why I was like very like on the low. Oh, I You see. know, people come and people go and that's it. It's not something that I have like business cards or I'm doing like, you know, uh, okay. like, I'm, like okay. I'm going to open a salon. I'm not. I'm actually trying to stop doing hair. <laughs> it's, it's it's part of the hustle. Yes, it's just part yeah. of the you you know you you want to have more you know streams of income. You know the recession is coming, um, <laughs> and I'm it? I'm gonna be ready. I'm <laughs> gonna be ready. I'm <laughs> and the hair business is like it's never gonna stop. We're always gonna need to look good. So this is true. This is true. I'm, I'll be around for that. And I, I've started going full into the, uh, I always thought myself, I'm not going to get concerned with how I look and all that. I'll just age how I age. Right. But you better believe as soon as that real gray came in the beard. Oh, you started. I've got the henna dye yeah. in there. Oh, wow. And I've got the uh, anti-aging cream. Oh, you should, I think you should let the gray come out. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, it's a lot of gray. You think it's too much? <laughs> I, I still let the gray on the sides, just the bottom. Something about those hairs pointing in all directions. But I see, and that's I the thing. I think hobo. that's just us, because I feel like you're handsome, right? You have your dimples. Thank just, you. Just let it, just let it <laughs> let flow. It yeah. <laughs> that's well, what I would do when my gray hairs come. I'm like swooping in my face and yep, show it off. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. Well, I put the. I told my colleague. I said, "Oh, I've been using an anti-aging cream." She oh, said, wow. "Really?" Which is not the reaction yeah, you want to no, have. You don't. She she wasn't convinced. <laughs> no. That's so unfortunate. No, she's, a, she's a tough one. She's a comedian. So you should have been like, you should use it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll go great for that forehead. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure if our relationship is oh, there. Oh right, yet. right, right. But um, uh, so with the comedy piece of it. Mm-hmm. The comedy, uh, you've been doing the Knitting Factory. Yes. Yeah. So That's we, a recent development? It is. We just started doing it in November yeah. of last year. So what's that, like six months, I guess, four yeah. months? But it's going great. Oh, it's going amazing. Yeah. It's going great. And you host. Yes. Yeah, so I'm one of the hosts. Um, it's two other hosts, Sydney and Marie. Yep. They also have their own thing called the Unofficial Expert, yep. S&M. Um, so they were like really good friends and they still are. Um, I met Sydney when she first started doing comedy. I used to run a mic downtown on like 33rd street. Mm -hmm. Um, thankfully I was very nice to her, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, sometimes everybody don't have memories like that of you. I tell you what, that's a key part of, uh, uh, comedy. Yeah. And a rare thing in comedy is my point that some people are not nice to each yeah, other. Yeah, and she only would rant and rave about that to other people. Like when I met Amina, she was super nice, super accommodating. She let me do her show, and so um, I had took time off from comedy when I had my son. Yeah, and um, then when I came back, it was like Cindy and Marie. They were like this thing, and Cindy was like, "Oh, I remember you," and I was like, "Come back on the scene." But I still, I, I, the same kind of love that I gave her before was it never was like replaced. We were cool, and so. We Eventually, we started hanging out. We were all friends. Um, and then we just, every week, we would just see each other. Like, we just became genuine friends, supporting each other in comedy. And I guess that went noticed from the other hosts who were producing in the factory. Mm-hmm. And so they were just like, hey, we think you guys would be great to take on the show. And we was like, I didn't know if they was going to do it or not, you know. And then they was like, yeah, why not? And it just so happened, like, I was running a weekly show mm-hmm. before the Knitting Factory, and it wasn't going so well. And then they were running a monthly show, and their venue situation wasn't going so well. So it kind of came at the perfect time. And then we just hopped on board, and it's been great ever since, you know? That's beautiful. It's every it's every week? Every week. Wow. Every week. So now we don't even have to... You got your spot. We don't even have to make, make time to see each other. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. I don't even have to call and be like, where are you going to be at this week? Because it's like, I know I'm going to see you on Sunday. I'll see you on Sunday. Bye. And you also have this podcast, Wine I Before do. 9. Yes, Wine Before 9. And that's 9 p.m. Uh, no, 9 a.m. That's what people don't know. That's the joke. <laughs> 9 a.m. That's what I thought when I first heard it. But then I thought, well, well see, we don't say can't you, can, you can't be like wine before nine a.m. podcast. You got to just kind of leave it to linger to let <laughs> yeah. people gauge whatever they want to come from it. But funny story, uh, my son's grandmother, rest in peace. Uh, when he was a baby, uh, his dad would suggest that I let her watch my son, mm-hmm. and I would be like, I caught your mama drinking wine at six a.m. She is not watching my son. <laughs> And so when I started back getting into comedy after I had my son, he was about six months, 
And the name Wine Before Nine just was like <laughs> something that was like, what are we going to do with this? And so then Rollo was like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, okay, let's call it Wine Before Nine. <laughs> and then that's how that's how it all kind of yeah. evolved. And is it about people making questionable decisions? Well, it's kind of reckless. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it is like the epitome of drinking wine before nine. Like, what are you doing with your life? But also, you don't have to explain why you're drinking wine before nine. Like, that could just be your niche, you know? <laughs> you're, you're accepting and you explore. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we cover all types of topics. But most importantly, we discuss, like, race relationships. So we'll judge other people's relationships. Or we'll yeah. talk about the relationships that we're currently in and, and kind of pose questions questions to our guests to get their insight as well yeah boy i could use a little help in that regard oh. too that would be wonderful <laughs> well how long have you been married just a couple of years this is my second marriage okay so it's still relatively new and i would say there's still some trust issues there. oh okay uh, she, she, we both run a wellness clinic down there by the gowanus okay so you're talking about your mom with all the holistic oh, healing yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, We're yeah. very into all that okay a lot of essential oils and things but she does she's on the road a lot okay mm. a fair amount right 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 and I'm not yeah. always sure what's going on out there. Exactly. And yeah. what how how would you know if it's not like a lot of check-ins and yeah. you know, FaceTiming and pictures sent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, We're working. Time clocks. <laughs> <laughs> Got that find my friend on the phone. Oh my goodness, tracking. right? Exactly. That's difficult. That's difficult. It's difficult, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we're working through it, though. That's uh that's all right. That's mm-hmm. all right. Um uh, you know, with the with the booze, I'm trying to get off this stuff. I'll be honest with you. Okay, that makes sense. Me you too. Know, something about my age, it now it tastes a little like poison. Mm, and I and feel that's like exactly what it is, sir. It <laughs> it is. I mean, and I know that, and I feel like maybe mm, that's my body telling me something. Yeah. Uh, boy, don't don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten to this age where, you know. Yeah. More often now, I've see people who are just like they're not doing it. They're not drinking it. And I'm envious because I'm just like, you know, I feel like a day, I could go like a day or a week or even I went 180 days without drinking. But like still the concept in my mind is like, let me just try to see how I can still keep it in my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yes. I think we're at the same Exactly. Point. But like, I know I could let it go if I wanted to, if I had to. But yes. if I don't have to like let me just try to see and finagle yeah. a way where this relationship could be you know possible but usually it is like you should eliminate it <laughs> right i keep saying well i'm not giving it up entirely mm-hmm. i'm just trying to manage it as you right, say exactly and sometimes you think boy this is especially around shows and doing stuff um, i did my first show with seltzer mm. Ooh, i remembered everything i was supposed to say but yeah, i don't yeah. know if i had the best time right exactly <laughs> But I think those are the challenges that you're going to have to keep in place. I know sometimes I do that with myself. Like, okay, you're not going to drink this show because you need to know what it feels like to not drink. Yes. And and it'll be okay. Yep. You know, or just go through the emotions and feelings. And so. And you know what? Save the money. Exactly. Save the money. You save the money. And this is what people don't know. Like, even if you get the drink for free, you're dehydrating your body. Yeah. Which is going to make you more hungry. So more than likely, even if you drink that free drink or those free drinks, rounds of drinks, you're going to end up at the diner at 2 a.m. ordering a delicious grilled cheese sandwich with turkey sausage inside with a side of waffle fries that are going to cost you at least $18. (laughs) Making those rounds of drinks 
not free. Not free. And then also in turn, you being tired, not wanting to get on the train after you ate that delicious comforting mm-hmm. meal. Mm-hmm. So now you have to take an Uber home, mm-hmm. which could cost up to another additional $20. <laughs> You're at $40 the least <laughs> from these free drinks, <laughs> free drinks that you enjoy. So when you think about that, add it up and say it don't make sense. <laughs> i tell you what else. How about the pounds that you put on? It, it, not taking the Uber, oh, not taking the stairs. Uh, Put, eating that delicious grilled cheese. Right. No longer being able to fit those jeans that just no. tore when you try to stretch. <laughs> then you got to buy a new pair of uh, pants. Come on. It adds up. That's, <laughs> it adds I'm thinking. Up. So that's why all the time I just, I'm like, Amina, this is, this is a domino effect. Yes. To things that you're conscious about, which is your money. So even if you didn't want to, you know, if even if you wanted to make excuses for drinking, ultimately this is the road that yeah. you're going to take with it. So yeah. I try to remind myself. It's it's been a couple of weeks and I'm down about eight pounds. Mm, okay, feels congratulations. Great. Feels great. Yes, because I had one of those physicals where you say, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you saw yeah. what on the what? Mm. <laughs> okay, right. I guess I better get in line here. Exactly. You know, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good when you when you're at your heaviest and they weigh in to don't let you take your pants off or anything. Yeah. Why do they do that? I know, but it could be worse. It's not my true. You gotta weight. you gotta look at the silver lining, right? I do. Like right now, you have a choice to be health conscious, right? That's right. Some people don't. Some people have to, and then it goes. You know. Yeah. It could. It's like a you're you're at a proactive opportunity as a part of a opposed to a reactive opportunity, and then it could be worse to, as far as how it affects you mentally, right? Yeah, yeah. So I see friends yeah. who have to not eat a certain way. And then it's just like unhappy. And then now there's depression. And then now there's other health issues that come along with that. So, yes, baby steps, baby steps. And do you do anything? You talked about your your mother's affinity for that kind of stuff. Do you get into the self-care world with the you have the crystals, you have the sage, you have that kind of stuff? So I'll do like the sage. Um, I'll light a candle here and there, but I'm not like super into it as it would be expected of me to, but um, <laughs> I do believe in like meditation, yes. exercise. Uh, you know, I go for a good run. Um, I love yoga. I like my ultimate goal is to be like a yogi, right? And so, is that those, true? Yeah, I would love to. I just, I really have to just find time to wear all these hats, right? Yeah. But um, so that's that's where I am with that. But I do take vitamins. Um, and now I'm kind of looking into reading about eating for my blood type. Have you, hmm. have you read about that? No, I have not. Oh yeah. So yeah, there's a whole nother world out there that, that, that's needs to be explored, but one, I can never remember my blood type. <laughs> I don't even know mine. And I'm sitting here saying I'm going to read about it. <laughs> You're going to have to read all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> and do some research. Now, uh, I gather you got into comedy because you saw somebody doing it and you thought, well, gosh, if you can do it. I can do it. Um, ultimately, yes. Yeah. I feel like growing up, getting into comedy, comedy was like my defense mechanism. But it was also like growing up, in order to have friends, you know, it was either you're like the most popular or you're the best looking or the best dressed or you're, you know, the most intelligent. And so my thing was just kind of like, I'm funny. Yeah. yeah, I'm funny. I'm cool to be around. I was like a tomboy. Yeah. And so growing up, I laughed at a lot of things, right? I would get teased. We laughed at my hair. We laughed at... So it just became a thing of, like, therapy, too. And then when I got into college, I was doing so much. I was, like, radio, TV, film. I was on a swim team. 
Um, I That's was doing here? African dance. This was in D.C. Okay. And so I never really found the time to like find what my passions were, but I kind of found what they weren't by doing so much. <laughs> and then yes. eventually I was interested in comedy and I was so terrified. But it was one of those things where I did eventually see someone who was doing it and I was just like, oh, you doing it? So let me try. And then I did try and then that was all she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> and how long has that been now? Uh, nine years. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's I good. know. It, I'm, I look back and I'm like, woo, it's been a lot of time. But I graduated in 2009. Um, and so my 10th year would be this fall. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been nine years. You going to do something? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do people do for that? People usually do like a big show or they make it a big deal. Oh. Um, I got to see how I feel about it leaning up towards that time. I feel like yeah. I have so much other stuff coming up before then that that's not on the priority list to think about. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it. <laughs> this is our 10th year of this show. Oh, congratulations. Isn't that amazing? Like, would you have thought 10 years you'll still be doing? Uh, every time I do one, I think this is the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the live shows. Oh, wow. I come back and say, no. Oh, but I think it's kind of Leading up to it, I say, I'm never going to do it again. Then after, I think, oh, this is great. Yeah. And then the next day, I'm back to, oh, gosh, what am I doing? I know. That's the struggle (laughs) of comedy, right? It's like a roller coaster. I feel like every week goes like that. It's like, ah, Sunday, woo-hoo. And then we drip back down, and it's like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's exciting. Let me know what what happens with the uh, celebrations if something materializes. Now, we just, you you talk about um, relationships on the Wine Before Nine show. Yeah. And we just had Valentine's Day. I think mm-hmm. I did three episodes about it for some reason. I don't know. Relationships are on my mind. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, uh, uh, but I didn't have a chance to talk about this myself. But there was a magnificent display by Kanye mm-hmm. with, with with Kenny G mm-hmm. for 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 Kim. Yeah, I guess in a locked in some kind of annex room, right? With vases. <laughs> yeah. what, what what was going on there? Some type of uh, <laughs> maze. Um, I find it amazing for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, Kenny G was one of my first concerts. Okay. He was very influential to me as a young saxophone okay. player. And I saw him at the Valley Forge Music Fair with mm-hmm. its rotating stage. Kenny G just spinning around in the middle there. Okay. Quite a, quite a scene. And uh, it's embarrassing, but that's true. And the second time, anytime you see a performer uh, kind of being paid to do a personal appearance, it, like it hurts a little bit. Oh. You know, because like, it's like ah, this is where your career got you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that's part of it. Like P Diddy has to do a bar mitzvah. Like well, it's, it hurts. It yeah, hurts. but I think that you know, and I try to keep a sound mind on a lot of things. I think that they're probably good friends, and so it would be like me hiring one of my good friends who I have like a high respect for to do yeah. something significant. Like I like just recently, like my dad's birthday came up. Mm-hmm. And so I know he's a fan of another comedian. I'm in touch with that comedian. So I hit that comedian up like, hey, it's my dad's birthday. Could you do this? Boom. And it happened. So I think on that defense that that could possibly be like, hey, you're the favorite or I want to do something special. Let's make this happen. But on the other end, I don't think that it should have been something that was like publicized, you know, I think it should have stayed intimate, you know, and that's the part that I think kind of takes away from everything that the Kardashian does is the fact that it always has to be publicized. No filter, no barrier. Does anything you do, do, is it something for you guys? Do y'all have something for yourselves to share? Yes. And so I think that's where the conflicting part comes in. It's like, you know, that is nice and it would be nice 
you know, had it just been shared between you guys. And we wouldn't be sitting here trying to judge it and figure it out. Right. You know? Right. Like it would be something nice to read in a book about their time together. Exactly. Oh, or just have y'all relationship. Like why can't it just be for y'all? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like we get it. Y'all together. Yeah. But you think that Kenny G and Kanye are friends. Possibly. You know, <laughs> this is the thing. Like just like I, you. I like to think about that. Well, I mean, first of all, I feel like, you know, Hollywood in, in general, the connections that are made can be extremely random Yes, from where it's like, oh, we share the same esthetician or, you know, we live on the same block and it'll just be mad random from one end of the spectrum of like R&B to, you know, an opera singer, right? Being friends. But <laughs> yeah. that, but that's how life works, right? So I would want them to be friends. I, I mean, maybe, possibly. Sure. I don't know. Maybe no. Kenny needed some, you know, PR and it worked out. But I'm just saying that that could be... <laughs> <laughs> That could actually be a possibility. Yes, no, it's true. Just like you have like a love for Kenny G and you're like, I went to his concert. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kanye is a musical, you know, I mean, genius, some people would say. Yep. And so we don't know what, you know. You would want to be in the orbit of great musicians. Exactly. So why not? So it's not They far. could also just be neighbors and he walked down, had the sacks. Right. It's go. not far-fetched, yeah, right? Or they their saw dogs each other taking out the, the trash. Their dogs share the same dog park. Like it. Yes. Anything. We can't fathom. We can't. <laughs> They're at a different level. <laughs> I think Kenny G is one of the few celebrities I follow on Instagram. Oh, wow. Look at and that. And it's always rewarding. Did he put up, did he repost? I don't believe oh, so. Oh, okay. I don't believe so. That's not how I saw that image. Oh, okay. See, that's the thing. I, I, we, we should look into that. Because yeah. if he reposted it, then it was like, okay, he needed this too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. If he didn't post, he was just like, ah, I kind of just, you know. <laughs> Wanted it to be for y'all. <laughs> I'm sure some cash was exchanged. Don't you it's think? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I mean, if they're but friendly. out of respect too, though. Yeah. I think sometimes yeah. not everybody does a job for money, but also if you do hire your friends, you want to pay them. Yes. And I even made a post about this on Facebook. Like, yeah. I don't ask people to do stuff for free. I reach out to them, especially if I'm making money. I want them to make money too. Yep. And I always send out referrals and business for them as well. So. Both of both sides are understandable. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's an honorable thing. But let's keep the grand gestures private. Private. <laughs> <laughs> it robs the meaning a little bit. What would you do for a ridiculous amount of cash, though? What would I do yeah. for a ridiculous amount? Like if yeah. someone, I don't know. We I think about this all the time, like because people judge, you know, there's always this whole huge weight of ethics around money. But it's like, is you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of things. <laughs> they sure are. For money. I mean. <laughs> ethics are not a part of and it. And ethics are not a part. I mean, look at this multi-billion, trillion dollar industry of the Super Bowl where a lot of things don't fall down on ethics and what's right, you know? No. So um, I can't pinpoint exactly what I would do, but I mean, I'm not sure what I wouldn't do. <laughs> 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 No, honestly, I like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no. there are, I have values that are like, you know, are, you know. I mean, there's always the thing. You take care of your kids, make right, sure they right, get right, the right, car, right. you yeah, want to get a but, house or whatever. I don't know. But something well, fun. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. I get I, a Mercedes going. Listen, listen. Maybe. People out here, they, they, they hold their chin up and they want to act like they're better than the other person. Like, no amount of money could make me sell out and. And it's like that's all subjective up until someone has wads of cash in your face yep. and you find yourself 
you know, eating beetles <laughs> with your hands tied behind your back. You know, I don't like what are we doing here, right? Exactly. Exactly. Plus, it costs so much to live here anyway, it's going to go in a second. Oh, taxes? After yeah. taxes hit you, you? You won't be able to hold on Listen. to that. I would go down to that uh, Empanada Mama's. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Have you been to Empanada Mama? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that place. And I would order that cheesy corn cake thing that they have. Yes, yes. And maybe three empanadas okay. instead of my usual two. Listen, I, at one point I used to go in there and they used to know my name, Amina, and I used to be like, oh, calm down. <laughs> that cheesesteak one's pretty good. You get in trouble when you when you start talking about food, right? <laughs> like somebody <laughs> asks you about something, now yeah. you got all the restaurants, you you turned into a whole map of New York, yep. and you know the cross streets, and people look at you different like, what are you doing with your free time? <laughs> Eating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yep. I'd eat really well if I got a little bit of money too. I'd eat really well. I mean, I eat fine at home. I eat well at yeah, home. Yeah, but like a chef but has want, to be involved. Yeah, yes. yeah, like I'm the only one at the table. Exactly. And you got the one wine, that one scotch, maybe, yes, maybe, maybe, plus I mean, a little shelter. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. But at this point, we have a personal trainer, so we could. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. What's the best piece of advice that you were ever given? Hmm. The best piece of advice that I was ever given. I don't know. I feel like I give the best advice. <laughs> as, as you were thinking, I as I was thinking, she's probably got nothing the best came advice. to mind but the things that I've said. And I was like, girl, you are on it. <laughs> I don't even remember the last. Okay. Well, actually, I did get a good piece of advice. Um, okay. I was just at a party and um, the guy was telling me to. Like in the entertainment business, he suggested that I get like a business manager, someone who, you know, holds you accountable for your money. So that could be kind of like an accountant, too. Yeah. But um, I think that was a good piece of advice when it came to like manager versus agent versus something that you need as far as like your money, as far as taxes, budgeting. Um, what you're paying for. Yep. Uh, and he was just saying that a lot of people usually don't tell you to invest in that, but that is something that you should definitely invest in. somebody that has that kind of legal financial expertise exactly. can only benefit you. Exactly. You're going to end up paying them some of the money, but... Right. It's uh, <laughs> But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Sometimes You'll you probably have, to... have more left over. Exactly. So I think that was some good advice that I recently heard, but my best advice from me... Is just do you, <laughs> do you, and live your best life. But also put yourself first, not in a selfish way to where you're hurting other people's, but just make sure that your priorities are in line with things that are, you know, beneficial for yourself. I feel like, especially in the business of entertainment, um, a lot of times, like I even find myself putting everything and and everybody first. And it's taken away from like my mental health and my physical health. And so um, I recently realized that, you know, you have to be at the forefront. You know, it's like pouring from a glass that's, you know, half empty. Like just make sure the cup is full and you're in a good position to be able to give. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. I almost had a tear. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I think that's great advice. And now that's going into the best advice I've ever received. Look at that. <laughs> See, I knew I was on to something. I was there like, ah, everything people tell me. Uh. <laughs> Trust the source. Um, well, I'm so glad you could come in. I mean, thank you for really having me. Lovely. And the show, the next show at the Knitting Factory is, is it Sunday. It's every yes, Sunday. Yes, every Sunday at the Knitting Factory. We start at 9 p.m. It gets crowded, so make sure you come early. Um, and then also in recent good news, I'll be at the Apollo in May. Wow. Yes. So May 2nd, tickets are already up on the website. What's that going to be? Um, it's going to be. You? Just you? No. So it's going to be three comedians. They have a monthly show Uh where they feature, uh, three comics and we all do 20 minutes a piece. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. My name's going to be on the kiosk. I get a nice cute little check. It's right (laughs) in the neighborhood so I can walk home. (laughs) That's great. A good night. Well, yeah, well, I'll be looking for that because that sounds uh, terribly exciting. Mm-hmm. And the podcast, uh, Wine Before Nine, is every week yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Different guests. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, there you have it. A fine episode full of great advice on all fronts. Amina is wonderful, and I hope you get the chance to see her do stand-up or tune into the podcast. Personalized reading this week. As the radiators begin to hiss and keep us warm, uh, a personalized reading goes out to Thompson Tapwater in Groundswell Peak, Illinois. You don't know where the money going to come from until it comes. And lucky numbers this week are 313 and 19, which corresponds to the date of our next live show at the Slipper Room, when we're going to have Todd Berry, Monroe Martin, Alex Song, and Mallory O'Meara. Going to be a fine time in the deep night live. I do hope you can make it. Till then, remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced by James Bewley. He's gotten used to answering to the name Dale when people see him. Season 11 podcast icon by Candace Brorsma. Season 11 podcast theme by Zach Gabbard. Music heard throughout the show by the talented roster at Howler Hills Farm in Ohio. Season 11 poster artwork contributed by illustrators Catherine Lamb, Maria Wen, Scott Balmer, Ronald Horn Industries, and Laurent Rybick. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on some other fine platform, zip over there and leave us a couple of stars. Uh, the show is weekly with live events every other month at the Slipper Room in Manhattan on the Lower East Side. Thank you for listening and for your kind support. Now with Gaia's blessings, let's seal the portal.